Welcome to the Topeka First podcast. We are one church with several locations. Our mission is to reach our community with the message of Jesus. If you would like to give to support this podcast and the ministries of our church, please visit topekafirst.com giving. Enjoy the podcast. All right, uh, something else. Uh, let's look together to the Word of God out of 2 Samuel is where we're going to go this morning. And uh, we're going to start a new uh, a series on celebrations. And this morning we're going to do this. And uh, on a regular basis, we really have a wonderful opportunity to give thanks to God, to celebrate, to celebrate His goodness. And uh, when those opportunities uh, come, we need to be able to celebrate with all of our hearts like King David did. Uh, and as we worship the Lord, we, we even see, as we saw this morning, God impacting our lives as we connected with Him in worship, times of worship. And, and we know that uh, King David, he opened his heart towards God and he took time to praise God. One of, one of the most important articles in the Old Testament was being prepared to go to the city of David, to Jerusalem. And uh, this article, of course, was the Ark of the Covenant that represented the very presence of God. And uh, it was important for the people of Israel. It was a reminder to them of God's faithfulness. Uh, in fact, we find that in, within that Ark was the Ten Commandments. We find also uh, Aaron's rod and also manna there that reminded them that God took care of them as he pulled them out of the land of Egypt, out of slavery. Every one of us have reasons to celebrate in our lives, each of us. No matter what challenges that we face, they are. Uh, there may be times when you wonder, how can I celebrate God when there's this mountain in front of me that just won't seem to move? Well, uh, we can still praise Him and still celebrate Him. You know, we all face uh, different mountains like that that don't seem to move in our lives, but we have to be able to look to Him and give thanks to the Lord along the way. I, I, know, that, I know that life will bring its challenges to us as we follow Christ, but as the Apostle Paul said this, he, sa he said, I, I've learned to be content when I have much or when I have little. And then he kind of wraps up that passage and he says, uh, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And that's kind of that context that he's talking there. No matter what our situation, no how good it is, no matter how rough it is, uh, we can do anything we need to because Christ is the one who will give us strength. Amen. I think I heard an amen. Amen. <laughs> I remember when I was in West Africa, I had a, a fellow minister there uh, uh, who we had trained in the Bible college, and he was uh, out planting uh, churches, and this man had given his time to serve the Lord in some really difficult areas, and uh, one time he came to me and told me that one of his children had passed away, something that no parent would want to hear, uh, very sad, and it was a difficult time for his life, it was a uh, a uh, very uh, a difficult time, so difficult, it's hard to celebrate when you walk through that. But I remember that later on, I think it was after I came off the field, John told me, that was his name, uh, but John uh, said a year or so later that God gave him another child. Uh, it's not that, that, that the other one would be forgotten or that that could totally cover over the pain of that, 
But he saw it very specifically that God was blessing and helping him in that difficult time. And I believe that John had the right perspective like the Apostle Paul did. No matter what came his way, whether things were good, whether they were difficult, he was still going to look to the Lord and allow the Lord to help him. He knew that, he, that the Lord was going to give him the strength he needed. We need to find those times in our lives uh, that we can celebrate God and rejoice in Him and the things that He does in, in the good times. Even in the difficult times, we can re rejoice and worship Him. We're going to look at another man here uh, one of, in one of the great passages in the Old Testament here in 2 Samuel chapter 6. And it's here that we find a significant time in the life of God's people of Israel and Saul had been king and really led the nation astray and uh, by choosing his own plan instead of God's direction. And the Lord pulled him out. He pulled him out of the kingdom and, uh, and in time he set up David as the king of Israel. And David had an opportunity to be able to celebrate. What we understand is the people of Israel had not worshipped God appropriately according to the scripture uh, in the proper way for about 20 years. And the Ark of the Covenant had set in mothballs, so to speak, at a guy's house. And maybe, uh, maybe it's been that way for you. I don't know what your scenario, what your situation is. Maybe that's the way it's been for you. You feel like you just kind of left God to the side. And whether you've attended church or not, you know, you, it's the same both ways. I mean, you could be in church and left God to the side, or you can be out and left God to the side. But have you allowed him to be into your life, and have you really celebrated the Lord? Let's look together in 2 Samuel chapter 6 together. It should be on the screen for you this morning. And it says this, David again brought together all the able men, uh, young men of Israel, 30,000. He and all his men went to Balah and Judah to bring up from there the ark of God, which is call, called by the name, the name of the Lord Almighty, who is enthroned between the cherubim on the ark. They viewed the presence of God being there, and they set the ark on a new cart and brought it from the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill. Uzzah and Ohio, not Ohio, looks like that, right? <laughs> yeah, I'll probably make that mistake again. Sons of Abinadab were guiding the new cart with the ark of God on it, and Ohio was walking in front of it, David and all Israel were celebrating with all their might before the Lord, with casting nets and harps and timbrels and sistrums, it's kind of a bell, and, and cymbals. So they're worshiping God, they're all excited, and verse 6 comes along and says, when they came to the threshing floor of Nacon, Isaiah reached out and took hold of the ark of God because the oxen stumbled. The Lord's anger burned against Uzzah because of this irreverent act. Therefore, God struck him down, and he died there beside the ark. Whoa, now that's a tough one, right? That's a tough one, but it's a reality of what took place here. And then, then in verse 8, it says this, Then David was angry because the Lord's wrath had broken out against Uzzah, and to this day that place is called Perez Uzzah. And David was afraid of the Lord that day and said, how can, can the ark of the Lord ever come to me? He was not willing to take the ark of the Lord to, the, uh, to be with him in the city of David. 
Jerusalem. Instead, he took it to the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite. The ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, for three months, and the Lord blessed him and his entire household. So we see the scenario that these events that have taken place there, and some of them pretty tough here. And we're going to look at about four things this morning. And the first one is this. David attempts to worship without respect for God's word. He attempted to worship without, God, without respect for God's word. David wanted to try it his way, and us actually paid for it. They were carrying the representation of the very presence of God as we saw it in the Old Testament. And King David loved God, but he was not showing the Lord the right respect by following God's direction. And so, 1 Chronicles chapter 15 is a companion to this passage, and it kind of gives all the, the, the rules, and it tells the rules that they had at that point, and explains some of the details, and for 2 Samuel, that 2 Samuel chapter 6 two does not. It doesn't share those. Let's look at it. First, uh, First Chronicles 15, 13 said, It was because you, the Levites, did not bring it up the first time that the Lord our God broke out in anger against us. We did not inquire of him about how to do it in the prescribed way. So according to Numbers chapter 4, the ark was not only to be moved by the Levites, it was also to be carried on their shoulders. It was not supposed to be put on a cart, but it was supposed to be carried on poles on their shoulders. And in verse 15, even the Levites were expressly forbidden to touch it on pain of death. So God, God had some rules he laid down, and they were very strict in the Old Testament in this sense. And the Lord was trying to teach his people that they needed to respect him and they needed to respect his presence. We need to be able to respect him and his presence. Respect was not only important under the Old Covenant, which I find quite interesting. Uh, we even find a situation over in the New Testament in Acts chapter 5 where uh, Ananias and Sapphira uh, they had a similar outcome with them as well. They disrespected the, uh, the Holy Spirit by lying uh, in front of everybody. And so we, we see those times. We see it even brought forward in that way. And now you step back to David for a second. This guy is shocked. He's like, what in the world just happened? And he's upset because of what happened. And it seems like he's angry at, his, at himself more than anything because of his own mistake. Uh, he didn't do what he was supposed to do according to the scripture, according, according to the Old Testament, and now he is a little scared, and he leaves the ark at some other guy's house, and this guy, Obed-Edom, uh, he was a Levite of the family of the Cor uh, Korites who belonged to the class of Levitical doorkeepers. Now, that's in a mouthful. Okay, these guys were the people that were supposed to handle worship, right, in the Old Covenant. And uh, here it is, it was their job in connection with the other Levites to be able to watch over the ark in the sacred tent. Now we know at this point they didn't have a stone building, they didn't have an edifice, it was, it was under a tent. And, and, and so now here they are and they're supposed to be bringing this to the city of David. And it was good that Obed-Edom had the ark at his place. And uh, in those three months, it was three months that it sat there from what scripture is saying here. And the Lord blessed this man's family tremendously. 
God's presence was among his family, and it may have been that this blessing of God actually uh, caused David to uh, think about what he should do and respect the Lord. And this really takes us uh, to this next uh, truth this morning. Celebration alone is more than just an act of worship. It's how we live. It's more than just an act of worship. As we celebrate God, as we look to Him, as we give Him thanks, it's more than just a time of worship. It is how we live, and how we live matters. I know that, it's, again, in, in popular religion today, uh, it says whatever is culturally relevant or right or whatever feels good, do those things. Don't worry about anything else. But the question is, is do we respect God more or culture more? And really, that's what we need to look at. But how do we live? Now, the Apostle Paul said over in the New Testament in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, he said this, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Then he says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So you and I have to be willing to respect our Creator and, and our Savior enough that we choose to follow His ways. So as we celebrate, we celebrate. And we want to celebrate the Lord, but we also want to celebrate in the way we live. Uh, King David got caught up in this too, and he was, this wasn't his only mess up. On occasion, King David made some serious mistakes. Celebration is important for us, and we need to celebrate God's goodness, and yet we must remember also our responsibility. Now, I'm going to bring a, a passage out that you'll just love. It's not the one you celebrate to usually, but it's out of Amos, out of Amos, an Old Testament prophet, and he's tough, and he's giving Israel a real hard time, and I don't know if you'd want to be there in earshot of him at this point or not, but this is what he writes in Amos chapter 5, verse 21. He said, this is a message from the Lord, and he said, I hate, I despise your religious festivals, your assemblies are a stench to me, even though you bring me burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. I want to walk out the door at that point, right? Uh, then, he, then he goes on to say, though you bring choice fellowship offerings, I will have no regard for them. Away with the, the noise of your songs, I will not listen to the music of your harps. Then he says in verse 24, this thing he says, uh, which is really powerful, but let justice roll on like a river, righteousness like a never-failing stream. Powerful word there. He's, chal he's challenging them, and he's telling them that their worship stinks, but he, he, wants, he wants them to live out righteous living. Just let justice roll. May our ethics and may our celebration line up together. How we live and how we worship, may they line up. You know, the Scripture tells us in the New Testament, not just the Old, but the New Testament, it says we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We carry God's presence. If we've accepted Christ to lead our lives and to forgive us and to save us from our sinfulness. And remember for God's people in the Old Covenant, uh, Old Covenant His presence was uh, seen as the ark. The ark was there for them and that was important for them. 
And that's where they saw God's presence. But as a follower of Jesus, the Scripture tells us that we are the temple. You and I are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And collectively, we are the temple as God is building us together. And sometimes, I even told the early service, it's sometimes I think we mix up things. We have to have buildings. We have to have a place to worship, right? We have to have that place to keep rain off of us and in, in recent days, snow and ice. I hope we don't get any more of that for a long time. Uh, but we have to have that for that. But, but sometimes we get mixed up and we think, yeah, we're going to church. No, we are the church. We have to remember we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And if we're at home, if we're at work, if we're going buying apples at the corner market, the Holy, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit and we carry him wherever we go. Thank God for that. Paul says this, he says in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20, he says, do you not know? He's, a, he's having to ask the, the Corinthian uh, Christians this message. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. Ooh, nobody likes that one, do they? None of us like that. You, you were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. So Paul even, he had to ask these followers of Jesus back in Corinth, he had to ask him, do you not know you're the temple? Let's look at what it's like to respect or to, to honor uh, someone through their stuff, right? In some sense, we could say that we're God's stuff, right? If we're born of the Spirit of God, we're His stuff. And that may be a crude way to look at it, but say, say you're going to go to a spring festival or a spring um, uh, formal and uh, you have a family or a friend, and that family or friend is going to loan you their, like, favorite, nice, expensive shirt. And for you ladies, I guess that's a blouse. I don't know about that. But anyhow, so, and, and so, so you're going to go to this. You borrow their shirt, and you get to the table. You know, it's a nice formal, and they have some nice ice, iced tea there, and it's cold. And uh, you're fixing to get a take a drink of the iced tea, and all of a sudden you accidentally hit the thing, and the and the iced tea gets all over your shirt, your beautiful white perfect shirt, and it stains everything. And you're like, oh no! And so you you're going to get up to try to 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 sop it off and to clean it off a little bit, and before you know it, you realize that you had just tucked your napkin somehow into your shirt too, which is under your plate. And you stand up, and there is the plate, and the plate goes all over. And so now, not only do you have tea, but you have spaghetti on your shirt, whatever. That wouldn't be at a formal, would it? I'm not good with pasta. <laughs> so, so it gets all over you, and you're like, what do I do now? So you decide you're going to run to Walmart real quick to get another expensive shirt, right? <laughs> Never mind that. Well, anyhow, so, so you go, you take the other shirt off, you crumple it up, you throw it into the trunk of the car because you don't want anybody to see that. And, and so you put your nice new shirt on that's got half the thread count and you get it on there and you go inside, you finish the formal, it's a wonderful time, you leave, you come home. Then, then, you're, then the friend that you uh, borrowed this from says, hey, do you have my shirt back? Oh yeah, just a minute, I'll be right back. You run out to the car, you go to the car, you open the trunk, you pull it out, and you say, oh, sorry, here it is. <laughs> it seems like there's a process maybe that got missed in the pro. yeah. Maybe they could have cleaned it, maybe they could have washed it. 
their favorite shirt. How, how would they feel? I think they would feel poorly, wouldn't they? We are, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, where God's Spirit lives. We should honor God with our bodies, with our stuff. How we live, not only how we celebrate. We want to honor God and we want to serve Him. Let's look back at King David here just a little bit. If you, if you understand a little bit, back I read uh, uh, Psalm 24 earlier. I read part of it. Uh, but uh, King David, he composed Psalm 24 from what we understand uh, for the ceremonies connected with uh, the moving of the ark to Mount Zion. And in, in Psalm 24, verse 3 and 4, it, it, David wrote this. He said, Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false god or swear falsely. So he, he, it seems that he learned that the hard way with Uzzah. And then in verses 7 and 8, which I did read earlier, it says this, Lift up your heads, you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. Who is this, this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. He learned to celebrate with a pure heart. He learned to celebrate the Lord with a pure heart. The third thing here we find is that David chose to follow God and celebrated him from that clean heart. It's a time when he, he did right and he followed God's word here on the second time. 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 12. Let's read together there. It says, now, now King David was told the Lord has blessed the household of Obed-Edom and everything he has because of the ark of, excuse me, but because of the ark of God. So David went to bring up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with rejoicing. Happy. He probably wasn't doing this. Sometimes we'll do that. Maybe because we're tired. Maybe because, who knows, ate too much pizza the night before. So he, he, he's rejoicing. Verse 13 says, When those who were carrying the ark of the Lord had taken six steps, he sacrificed a bull and fatted calf. Now some would say maybe he did it every six steps. It's likely that he did it after those first, first steps. But, but one way or the other, they're sacrificing to the Lord. They're worshiping him. That's under the old covenant. And verse 14, wearing a linen ephod, that was one of their, their cloaks or things they wore, David was dancing before the Lord with all his might, while he and all Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouts and the sound of trumpets. And as the ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, Michael, that's his wife, daughter of Saul, watched from a window and when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she despised him in her heart. They brought the ark of the Lord, they brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the tent that David had pitched for it, and David sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings before the Lord. So, so we find here that David is excited. He's excited. You have to remember that it's been 20 years since Israel has been worshiping the Lord the way they were supposed to like this. And so he had botched it up the first time three months earlier. He messed it up. And now he worshiped the Lord with everything he has. And he, 
And, and maybe he's uh, singing out of Psalm 24 that was written for this with some of the others. I don't know. Uh, but one way or the other, this king is leaping and dancing and giving thanks to God. He's celebrating. And he, he, turned, he, he turned away from doing it his own way. And he's respecting God. And he's giving God thanks. They were blowing trumpets and they were shouting to the Lord. They were celebrating the Lord. David was celebrating from his heart. His life, was now, his life was now matching what God was expecting. Uh, when we celebrate what God has done in our life, we find from David's example that we need to give him everything. Everything in the recesses of our hearts, everything in our lives. Uh, we know that, that how we live does matter, and Paul reminds us that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. He reminds us of this, and we're the temple of the Holy Spirit now, and where the presence of God dwells. It isn't the ark anymore. It isn't the ark, but it is us who follow Jesus, who have accepted the Messiah, and worship God. And we must first respect and honor God, then we must respect others around us as we celebrate, as we worship. And we need to celebrate from our heart. There's something else, though, that we're going to find here in 2 Samuel that we need to look at, too. Michael wouldn't celebrate, and she carried on her dad's pride. Now, if you understand who she is, remember Saul was her dad. He was the first king, uh, first king of Israel, and uh, we know that. And then now she's David's wife. And uh, this lady, she faced calamity because of her own pride, and she kept moving that pride along. Ver uh, chapter 6, verse 20 says here, when David returned home to bless his household, Michael, daughter of Saul, came out to meet him and said these words, how the king of Israel has distinguished himself today. I'm sure she's just shaking her head too. Going around half naked in full view of the slave girls of, this, uh, of his servants as any vulgar fellow would. Now, he was completely, he was, he wasn't completely naked, by the way. He was a king, and he should dress for uh, the occasion, right? Well, he was humbling himself before God. He was humbling himself not only before God, he was humbling himself also before the people. And we see in verse 21, David said to Michael, It was before the Lord who chose me rather than your father, Saul, or anyone from his house when he appointed me ruler over the Lord's people, Israel. I will celebrate before the Lord. I will become even more undignified than this, and I will be humiliated in my own eyes. But by these slave girls you spoke of, I will be held in honor. And Michael, daughter of Saul, had no children to the day of her death. So it's here that we look at this passage and we see the, the seriousness of as we worship. We don't do it for honor from other people. We don't do it so we'll be seen. It's here that we're reminded that King David was going to celebrate and worship God even when, when other people could see, but whether they saw or not, he was going to serve him. It's not because of that. David knew that any victory that he had was because of the Lord. It wasn't because of his own doing. 
He also knew that any success that he was going to have in this life and as a leader was only because God was going to give it to him. And that goes for each and every one of us as followers of Jesus. We uh, you know, I, I, you see that name, self-made man, that just grates against me so much when I hear that because, yes, people work hard for what they can do, but we have to understand and we have to remember that God is greater than us and he's the one that gives us opportunities. And though we may think we can, we can make those opportunities, sure, we may do things, yet on the other hand, we understand that it's only God can do that. The scripture tells us that unless the Lord builds a house, we labor in vain. We can, we can spin our wheels as hard as we want to, but unless God does it, it's not going to happen the way he wants it. David knew that every victory came from the Lord. I love King, King David's words to Michael. He says, I will become even more undignified than this. And some of you already know it. You're already thinking to the song. What is that, around 2000, maybe before that, uh, Matt Redman wrote a song, Un Undignified. And, and he talked about, I'll become more undignified than this. And, and, and it's a, it, was, it was based on this passage. And for us, we should be able to worship the Lord from our hearts, not letting things hinder our lives. And it's, it's a reminder that we should get, have more passion for God than life itself. David wasn't going to let his kingly robes of authority get in the way of celebrating to the only one who could give success in Israel. So they had a king before that, and really God didn't even want a king. He didn't even desire a king. He didn't want the nation of Israel to be ran that way. But that's, they, he finally gave in and let him do it. And that king didn't turn out very well, did he? He ran his own direction. And now we find, we find that God has chosen David who was willing to humble himself. And we understand he messed up on occasion. We see one here. We see others in other places. He didn't always do the perfect thing. But he usually humbled himself before the Lord and allowed the Lord to work in his life and renew him. Michael, in her pride, looked down at her own husband because of the way he had humbled himself before the whole kingdom. She had missed the point entirely, didn't she? She entirely missed it. David had humbled himself before the Lord, and by doing that, he reminded the people that God alone is king. Unless the Lord builds a house, we labor in vain. If we're going to celebrate anything, may it be God's presence. May it be his presence people of Israel, they hadn't worshipped, they hadn't worshipped God in the right way for about 20 years. The Ark of the Covenant had been set there in mothballs, so to speak. It was there waiting. Maybe it's been that way for you, I don't know. I don't know where you're at at this point in your heart, whether you're in church or out of church, coming back to church. May the Lord help you as you look to Him and worship Him with everything you have in your May it be that your pride, like Michael's, hasn't held you back from thanking God for what he's done in your life. It may be that your worship and your lifestyle don't match up, and maybe you have to make some adjustments there as you celebrate the Lord and look to him, because he is faithful. He helps us, right? He helps us. He can restore us. Celebration is more than just the act of worship. How we live matters. Would you stand with me this morning?
It's these questions we have to ask ourselves. Who, who do we want to be like? Do we want to be like Michael who chose to run the wrong direction and chose to let pride rule them in this life? Or do we want to be like David who humbled himself before the Lord? Who respected others, but he humbled himself before the Lord because he knew that it wasn't his ability, his power, his, his engineering feats, his leadership that was going to make everything happen, but it was God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day, for this time. We ask you, Lord God, to help us as we look to you this morning. Father, we thank you that you are faithful. We thank you that you care for us. I thank you, Father, that your hand is mighty to save. And Father, to you we worship this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.